morning, I had a little interruption just before broadcast time, but here we are. Praise God. Hope that you're able to um, click on and watch today's broadcast. Praise God. I'm going to make sure that we're on Facebook, so let me just double check that real quick. Uh, there we go. All right. So let me make sure we're pulling up here. Okay. Let's see. Yep, it looks like we are on. Praise God. Turn the volume down. Awesome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Praise God. Nicole's here. God bless you, Nicole. Amen. Sorry about the delay, everybody. But unfortunately, sometimes these things happen and there's not a whole bunch you can do about it. So, um, but here we are on the new year. Let me just make sure we got this all set. There we go. It's a little off to the, the camera angle. It's just a little off. Uh, there. Hopefully that's... Okay, well, that's about as best as I'm going to get it this morning. Well, praise the Lord. The one thing, when I when the Lord really asked me to do these broadcasts, I didn't want to do them. I don't like I didn't like doing videos. I like writing. And if both those of you who have known me over the years, I've done a lot of writing on Facebook and and Open Heaven. And uh, people started to say, "You need to start doing broadcasts." I said, "I don't want to do broadcast." But one of the reasons why I didn't want to do a broadcast. It was because I wanted to avoid, I know I hate to say this, but the professional type of broadcast, you know, which are like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you have all the, you know, looks like you're watching a TV show, you know, and I did want to do that. And, and not because it, that it's wrong to make your broadcast look like that. I just didn't want to do it because I, you know, I was saying, Lord, if we're going to have a broadcast, it needs to be real. You know, not preachy, not religious, you know, but real, real, you know, the real people talking to real people by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, um, you know, where it's like we're having a conversation together with the Lord, you know, and, you know, like, you know, if you, anybody watched The Chosen, it's like where Jesus sits down and he just talks to them and they talk with him in a real way. And I said, Lord, if I'm ever going to do a broadcast, that's what it needs to be. You know, with its imperfections, its, um, you know, little idiosyncrasies that make life real. Because you can do a broadcast and make it so professional, it looks like a TV program. And I'm not saying those are bad. You know, maybe people like that. But I just kind of felt that, you know, that if I was going to do a broadcast, I wanted it to be as if we were sitting down with the Lord and the Lord speaking to us, empowering us, enabling us, and teaching us directly. And I, I hope that's what these broadcasts are, you know. And, you know, in real life, everything's not all cin cinematic is the word I want to say, you know, where it's all professional. I think personally, we've had enough of professional ministries and that the ministry of Jesus was was really birthed out of the out of pure, holy love, a love of uh, kanania, connections, of relationships, of covenant, you know, and um, where. We, uh, you know, I, I mean, I like the chosen because it really makes it real. What, like it would have, what it to me, it's what it would have been like to walk with the Lord, you know, knowing us as we are, 
So I'm hoping that's what these broadcasts are. They are not professional broadcasts. And, you know, and if that's what you're looking for, this is not it. But what I pray is that they're a Holy Spirit-filled broadcast, Holy Spirit-led broadcast, where we can share the heart of God together, where God will speak to us. As I'm, even as I share what God is giving me to share, that you're hearing that in your spirit and it burns within you. And we get a bigger picture a greater picture of what the kingdom of God is and what God is doing. And what I'm praying is that, you know, that, that the Lord would bring a present word of the Lord, you know, and a present word of the Lord is a word in season where it says in Isaiah, you know, um, 50 verse four, it says the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I might know how to speak a word in season, you know, to them that are weary morning by morning, he awakens my ear as one that's been taught from the Lord. And that's what I pray that's happening right now, that this is a word in season, you know, that God brings us a word in season, you know, that, you know, to those that are weary. And what does weary mean? It means that we're facing difficulties and circumstances and we need, you know, that, 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 um, that, that word, uh, word in season, that present word of the Lord, the present movement of God, the present directions of God given to us. And that's what this broadcast is all about. And they are definitely not professional. And I'm not claiming to be. As a matter of fact, I try to stay away from that as far as possible. You know, there were times in ministries where people, I had been invited to go on TBN, see, you know, and, you know, at one point I was offered uh, way back in the ministry, you know, a, a building, a salary, going on TBN. It was everything at that time, because I was a young minister that I, I would have ever wanted or you'd ever want in ministry. You know, I mean, it was offered, it was offered to me. And, um, and, uh, and as the man was offering it to me, but well-respected man, big ministry, the Lord said, if you take that, you lose me. And that was, that was an easy decision, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, so I politely said to the, to the fellow, I said, listen, thank you very much for the offer. You know, I, I'm, I'm blessed that you would ask me, but I, I just can't do it. And this man that I had known for years got angry with me. He said, what? I said, you're not going to come with us. Do you know what we're offering? Do you know who I am? And I said to myself, I think I do now. <laughs> and uh, um, and I said, no, thank you. I said, I appreciate the offer. I said, it's, you know, it's very nice, and, you know, but I, that's not, not just not the direction God wants me to go in. And he said it again. He said, do you, do you know who I am? And I said, yes, I know who you are. He said, do you think that this little puny ministry is ever going to reach the nations, you know, without us? And then because I was a very young minister back in the 80s, I said, I was getting, my dander was getting up. I don't know if any of you have any, any of you have a dander and I didn't say anything. And I said, Lord, what do I say to this man? He goes, he goes, do you realize who you're saying no to? I said, yes, I do know who I'm saying to. And he goes, well, how do you think you're ever going to get to the nations without us? And before I could, before he finished the sentence, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, listen, if God wants me in the nations, he still knows how to translate people. So if God wants me there, he can get me there. He got very upset with me. He left. And after that, he went and he blacklisted me with all the churches and pastors up in the area that there was, I was not right. There was a whole bunch of stuff. So it was like, oh my God. And, you know, but I knew that day, you know, that I could have had, he was offering me, I believe the religious man-made system that, that has so corrupted the church in this country about power, position, places, and people. And thank God many ministers have left that. They don't want any part of that either, you know? And so, I mean, 
I mean, it was like Satan saying, if you just bow down to me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world like you did with Jesus. I said, no way. From that point, you know, I realized how important it is for God's hidden ones to be hidden in the Lord. And Jesus, you know, hid his ministry a lot. He said, don't tell anybody until the proper time. And then he can announce who he was. And even with this broadcast, I, I mean, I, people said, why don't you do this? And why don't you do ads? And why don't you make it go longer? And I said, I can't. The Lord said, no. I said, this is his broadcast. And one, the only thing that we can do to, to advance it is to like and subscribe to YouTube or to like it on Facebook and, and write comments on there. That changes the algorithms. And that's okay if people do that. But as far as trying to promote it, sell it, merchandise it, forget it. And that's why I was really hesitant about doing the broadcast because I didn't want to just do another broadcast. I, I, I felt like, Lord, if you're going to do this, it has to be different. And thank God, I think it is. It needs to be real, you know. And, you know, on our final copy, we have, you know, we, uh, on YouTube, you know, it has, you know, it has our, 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 our what do you call it, our, our ministry name on it. But that's it. The content, you know, is, you know, in the length. I was told, do it only for 20 minutes. Do it only for 30 minutes because people can't take more than that. And that's, you know, that's not wrong. It's probably very true that people can't take more than more than 20, 30 minutes. But, you know, but there's there are many people filling that void already. The Lord said, you come and stay on there as long as I tell you to stay, you know, and just share my kingdom. You know, he said, establish the kingdom of God in men's hearts. And that's what this broadcast is all about. So we thank each and every one of you that have been faithful watchers and participants of it. I hope these broadcasts are a blessing to you. You know, even though my, my thing is crooked today a little bit, they're going to try to straighten it out a little bit. But anyways, I hope they've been a broadcast. Amen. You're right, Patricia. The hungry can take more. As a matter of fact, I think the hungry want more, don't you? I'm hungry for the Lord. I remember when I met, um, you know, Brother Wade Taylor from, from Pinecrest, New York, and absolutely changed my life over 30 years ago, I guess now. And I, that man would speak, and he would speak for a while, and it was like it was 10 minutes. I also had the same thing with Brother Ron McGatlin from Open Heaven. It's like when these men of God speak, you can sit there forever. And because there is a spiritual life, a spiritual impartation that's given to you that is so different than what we received in the church age because it's not a message. Even though they say their messages are impartations, I, but it's, maybe it's an impartation that touches the surface of a man. But I want the substance that touches the deep of me, that transforms me and changes me. Like the two men on the road of Emmaus who said, did not our hearts burn within us? You know, as he expounded the scriptures. That's what I pray these broadcasts are. That's what I pray that when I'm with men and seasoned men and women of God, that's the type of, of, of spiritual reception that I need. That's a spiritual impartation that I need that has a real spiritual substance to it. And these arising sons of God that we're talking about, Joe's army, are going to have that substance. You're going to have that substance if you don't already. But if you have it, it's going to be a deeper substance. It's a word in season. And that's the power. It's a word to execute the judgments that are written, to execute the plans of God on earth as it is in heaven. So powerful is that word. I was ministering to someone the other day, a, you know, very precious person. And they were really, really bound by the enemy and didn't really know the Lord at all. Can, you know, and but the Lord had put this person on my heart for, for months and I've been praying for them and I sent them a word and 
and I didn't know if they'd respond to it. And I got an email, uh, a text back saying, I couldn't stop reading what you sent me. It was like, I, I had to read it and read it. And I was so, you know, I, I, I had to call you. And so they called me. And when I called them, you know, called them, the Lord had me pray over them. And I'm telling you and speak over them. It was, it was a word of, it was a word, you know, uh, from the spirit of prophecy. It was a word that there was no possibility that it wouldn't work. And in the last year, I, I've, I've seen that maybe three or four times God had me speak with that type of authority. It's a different level of authority than I've ever known and experienced. It is not an anointing that comes upon you of authority like, like we've learned in the church age because people pray for the anointing. I never pray for the anointing because of, of, of a work of God that the Lord did in me in Tucson. I don't pray for the anointing because the anointing abides within me. Okay, the anointed one lives inside of me. So I don't pray that anymore, you know, because I trust him that he's the anointed one and he lives in me. And that as I listen, as that voice comes to me, like Jesus said, I speak only what he says, because I have no desire to do my will or my own aims, but only to do the will of the father. That's Jesus. That's Jesus Christ, the hope of glory living in me. That's him, not me. And so that the words that, that, that he's going to speak and this day, the words that you're going to speak in this day are going to carry a much greater weight, a much greater authority, a much greater power because of the work that you're allowing God to do in your life. The breaking, the crushing that you've all gone through has been for a purpose so that you can speak the word of God in dominion, power, and authority. I know many are teaching on it. They're saying the whole body of Christ is going to do it. Well, that's not going to happen. God is not trusting that power and authority with people who are going to use it to build their own name, their own glory. That's why we have to be empty. That's why the church age had to come to an end of the mixture of the flesh and the spirit. And now we're the kingdom age where no flesh glory is in God's sight. So our flesh, our fleshly desires, plans has to be completely removed so that, so that the totality of our being is given to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as that, that totality of, of his, his life is worked within us, our life ends as we've known it to be. And his life begins. And now he begins in you, begins in me. And now a corporate expression of his body, a corporate body of Christ, a full-grown sons and daughters, a man-child, if you want to call it, overcomers, a bride, are going to be working together as one with the Lord. And they're going to speak differently because they're living differently. They're going to speak with a different authority. This person I prayed with doesn't even know the Lord, okay? You know, I had to encourage them to ask the Lord in the heart, and they must have done it, you know, at, from the first one. And But when I talked to them, you know, the Lord just had me speak and break and pray in a realm that I had never experienced before. And the person wrote back to me and said, she, they said, man, I never knew prayer was like that and how powerful prayer was. And, and she goes, you, the person said, you really let it rip. She, uh, you know, I've never heard anything like that. And you didn't hold back. And so what she saw was the authority, what she experienced with authority of Jesus. And it absolutely set her free. But it didn't come on me from here. It came from within. It came from the depth of within me, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And it came with that surrounding parousia. And that parousia that I've been sharing with you, that glory that shall be seen risen upon you that we're going to talk about today and the glory that's inside releases the kingdom of God in dominion, power and authority 
to destroy the works of the devil. That's what Jesus said. The son of God has been made manifest. Why? To destroy the works of the devil. And this, this person was absolutely set free. It changed their life. It changed everything. And it didn't come religiously. You need to do this. You need to do this. It was a supernatural intervention of a word and season to them that are weary. How do you get that? Isaiah 50 says, morning by morning, I, I, you know, I, morning by morning, he awakens my ear, which means there's a set apart time that we need to have with the Lord where we're listening to God truly. And many of you that are watching this broadcast have been alone, maybe in your prayer closet, and you've been developing that intimacy with the Lord. But when you ask Jesus in Revelation 3.20 to come in and sup with you, that relationship is now being taken to the full expression of a higher realm of glory, a higher level of listening, a higher level of seeing, a higher level of hearing, a higher level of functioning, because we actually are being lifted up into the glory realm of the Lord, into the throne room realm of the Lord. And in that place, no flesh can glory in his sight. Now, a lot of people say they're getting words and visions from that place. You know, to me, it just doesn't line up with what I've experienced. I mean, I still believe they're operating from the spirit of prophecy or maybe the office of a prophet or the office of apostle from the church age realm. That offices, those offices are lifted up into a higher realm in the, in, in, in the kingdom age where they function differently. They speak differently. The authorities differently. And you can tell the difference. And beloved, I pray you can, you'll begin to tell the difference of what's being spoken apostolically and prophetically from the church age and what's being apostolically and prophetically said from the kingdom age, because it's quite different. And both of those days, the second day and third day are existing at the same time because one has ended and it's fading and the other one is beginning. So people are still in the second day of the church age, but they're being called out like you have been into the third day, the kingdom age, and you see differently, you hear differently. And there's a different work of a, a divine intervention in your life, which is what we began to talk about. We are in a period of divine intervention where we're meeting Jesus in the air. We're meet, that's what John did in Revelation chapter one. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard a voice calling me like the voice of a boar trumpet. And then he said, I turned around to see this voice that was speaking to me. And when I did, I fell on my face like a dead man. And I, I heard a voice say to me and I looked up and I saw, and then he saw Jesus and he describes Jesus completely differently than he's ever seen him before. Remember, John was the beloved of the Lord. So if anybody should have recognized Jesus, it should have been him. But when he's caught up in the spirit, when he meets him up here in the air, he sees him differently. That's the parousia. He sees him differently. And how does he see him? He sees the king of glory. Psalm 24, where I ended up yesterday, is where he sees. He sees Jesus as the king of glory. And who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. That's who he sees in Revelation chapter one. The Lord, strong in battle. He sees that in Revelation chapter one. You know, the Lord of hosts. He sees that in Revelation chapter one, two, three, four, and five. And through the whole entire book of Revelation, he is meeting and seeing and hearing from the king of glory. Now that seeing and hearing him from that realm is where God is bringing his remnant people. Because it's seeing and hearing, living in that glory realm, living in that throne room reality, and better yet, that throne room reality now living inside of you. Greater is he, right? That's within me than he lives in the world. That is That comes with a deeper anointing. It comes with a deeper authority and power and dominion. And the more we surrender to it, 
the more we surrender and we burn the ships of yesterday, of everything before 2019 and 2021, and we enter the new of 2022, the more we surrender it, the more we allow God to rearrange us. The Lord, the more we allow God to change our plans, our priorities, to come in complete alignment with his will and his purposes, and everything that he's written in his book about us before we were born, as we come in alignment with that, God increases his authority in us. He can trust us with more. That's why when we cry out more, how many of you cried out, I want more of you, God? And God wants more of us. He wants us to be able to yield the totality of our being, our body, soul, and spirit to be completely under his headship, completely under his authority. And that's what he's doing. And every one of you that I call them, that you, you, you've had your secret place. Maybe you've been hidden. God's hidden ones. Many of you have been called out of the church structure, out of churches. Many of you may not go to a, a church anymore. Many of you may still go to a church, but you have found fellowship outside of the church walls with kingdom-minded people who are speaking and living and understanding the revelation of the kingdom of God that's now manifesting it within us. The kingdom of God does not come with observation, right? It's not meat or drink. It doesn't come with observation, but the kingdom of God is within you. It's interesting, beloved. When the Lord began to change me from pastoring as in a regular church, which I did for almost 15, 20 years, Don and I were praying and, you know, we were always prayer warriors and we went to, we were in praying in Tampa and we came to McDill Air Force Base. And when we got there, I couldn't enter it. And I said, um, I looked at Don, I said, looks like I came to the end of the road. And before I could finish the sentence, the Lord said, you've come to the end of the road of pastoring as you have known it to be. He goes, Henry, I don't want you to build a ministry. I do not want you to build a church because I want you to establish, listen to this, the kingdom of God in men's hearts. I didn't even know what that was back there, back then. I didn't. And I said, to, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, if I'm, if that's what you want me to do, you need to establish the kingdom of God within me. I need to know what that is. And since that day, back in the maybe 1994, up until not in 2004, up to now, that's exactly what God has done. He's established the kingdom of God, the reality of the kingdom of God in my life, in Donna's life, and in those that are laboring together. And it's so different than church life. It's, it's priorities are different. It's plans are different. It has nothing to do with working for God or living for God. It actually changed and transforms to living with God and working with God. The four becomes a with. That's a good thing to write for your notes. <coughs> and the church age, and you'll see it and you'll hear it. And when you watch the, even on broadcast on YouTube, you can tell the difference of those that are working for God, living for God, you know, which, which means I'm, this is what I'm doing for the Lord. And I still have my life and ministries and pastors and apostles and prophets can still own their lives and, and work for the Lord in the kingdom age. There is no such choice. There's no such, there's no possibility of you living a dual life. You can't live a mixed life in the kingdom age. Every ounce of mixture has to be and will be burnt up before you. Why? Because no flesh can enter into that glory. You can't bring your works. You can't justify yourself before God. You can't bring your works. You can't bring your ministry. You can't bring your calling before God. And if you notice a lot of the church age teachings about your calling and about your, you know, undoing and, and, but the kingdom age is about, not about doing, it's about becoming. It's what we're becoming. He's forming us, beloved, into a kingdom of kings and priests unto our God. We're becoming 
the body of Christ. We're becoming full grown sons and daughters of God. We're becoming a bride who's made herself ready. We're becoming a man child company that's able to be caught up in heaven and then to the throne of God. This is all an intervention, a divine intervention of God's work for these last days. That's the third day work is finishing work. So if you notice that the language I think I'm speaking is different than what you would hear in the church age, because I believe God has made me a shepherd outside of the camp, you know, which you find in Song of Solomon chapter one. And the shepherds outside of the camp, the ministers, the Bible ministry outside the camp and the kingdom age is different than what you see in the church age. And the church age is all about doing, reaching out to the lost and doing all those things which are not wrong. But in the kingdom age, they're brought up to a higher and different level. The Lord said, nations are going to come to your rising brightness. Kings are going to come to your arising brightness as well. So there's an evangelism. There's a prophetic. There's a pastoring. There's a, a, a teaching. Apostling. Profiting. A profiting. Not profit as in profit money. That it's completely different. Completely different function. In this glory realm, in this divine intervention of the Lord that that functions differently with God's people instead of being over them, like in the church age, here's the apostles and, you know, we're over you. This is what you need to do. And they tell you what you're supposed to do and you take good notes, you know, and they tell you how you're supposed to function and they give you all these principles and tell you to apply them to your life, but never demonstrate it. And so everybody needs to be under them in the kingdom age. It's the exact opposite. They're under you. The FIPO ministry is under you. I don't mean authority-wise. I mean functionally-wise. Here's Jesus, the cornerstone. Jesus, the finishing stone. And here's the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist there. They're foundation stones. The foundation stones were never meant to be on top of the building. Can you imagine taking these huge stones and putting the living stones underneath it? Think about these big, huge stones and smaller stones. What do you think is going to happen to the smaller stones? Crushed, buried. And that's where most of the body of Christ is today. They've been buried under a religious system, under a religious structure where they cannot function. Even though they're being taught to function, there's no place to function. There's no room at the end, so to speak. So God in his wisdom saw that and drew many out of that system, out of that religious structure, out of the church age, out of the second day structure and separated them either to be alone with him for a while, to learn directly from him and then to connect them over these last 10 years with other kingdom-minded people. And we're finding each other and we're being connected supernaturally by God together, not by our hands. I don't, many of you, I never met either. I never met you except through the internet. There's no, you know, or, you know, or, or you found us, we found you somehow, or you, you know, and here we are connected by, isn't that a miracle? You know, I, you notice I don't say, come join our ministry. I won't ask you to do that. That's not my purpose. We, I don't even have a ministry. I have a work of the Lord, but I don't have a ministry in the sense that the, I mean, we have to call it that for the legal reasons, but if I didn't have to, I wouldn't even have a name for it. Why? Because the minute you put a name on it, it becomes a section of something else. But what we're becoming is not a section of something else. We're becoming a living, breathing, mature body of full grown sons and daughters under the direct headship of the Lord Jesus Christ. As you align yourself completely under his headship and you listen for his voice and you listen for his plans and you listen for his blueprints, 
that positions you for God to find somebody who's doing the exact same thing you're doing and connect you. So you find the other fingers that you will belong to connect to and you make a hand. Or if your toes, you find the other parts of the toes and you connect with them. And it's all by God's divine. It's not man putting you in a position, not man setting an example. Well, if you're cleaning up toilets and if you're faithful, if you come to church on Sunday, okay, you're a member. But if you come Sunday night, you are really a super member. And if you come Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday and do all of activities, you are a gold member. That's what the church structures produced it made the emphasis on how, how much you worked. Well, the Bible doesn't say much done, thy good and faithful servant. It says well done. Well done represents quality. Much done represents quantity. God is not looking at the quantity of our work. He's looking at the quality. And that quality comes from a spiritual substance that you receive by the Lord. Could, the quality of the work comes by a spiritual substance by being with him and knowing in him and loving him and dwelling with him. And it produces a spiritual substance so that the works are not our works, are they? The words are not our words. Jesus said, the words I speak, they're not my words. The works I do, they're not mine. They're my father's. And that is true maturity as a son of God and a daughter of God is that we know and it's seen and expressed that the works we're doing and saying are not of us. And that's what the world needs to see. That's the witness of Jesus Christ. That's the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's the spirit of prophecy where they see him and not us. If you notice in the church age, everything's fixed upon what they are doing and what we are doing. In the kingdom age, it has nothing to do on what we're doing. It's what we're becoming. We're becoming the exact expression of Jesus on the earth as Jesus was the exact expression of the father on the earth. So Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And our full grown testimony is going to say, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus, because I am only doing what he would do. This is not my works. This is not my ministry. You're seeing Jesus. That is what's going to transform the earth because they're going to see the glory of God within you, beloved. They're going to see the glory of God in you and around you. That parousia, that parousia means the sounding, the presencing of the Lord. And that's what's happening right now. But those of you who are going deep into the Lord and making the Lord your first priority and giving everything to seeking his face, like it says in Psalm 24, you're coming into a new position and place. You're coming up to that seated place that, of the overcomer. If you're repenting and changing, and asking God to get all the doctrine of the Nicolaitans out of you. And I just talked about it where we got the clergy up here and you got everybody here. It's almost like two classes of people. And if you notice, even the church structure teaches the apostles and prophets are here. They're over everybody and everybody needs to come under their authority. The true apostolic and prophetic is not being under their authority. It's them becoming foundation stones of authority. Can I say that again? They become, uh, uh, um, they become um, uh, foundation stones. Okay. They become foundation stones of authority that Build your life to lift you up to become everything that God has created you to be. Their function is to see you the way that God sees you, to hear you the way that God sees you, and to pour their life out for you so that you can become everything that God has created you to be. And that's exactly what Jesus has done. If you listen, it says, husbands, love your wife as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her. 
That's what the apostle and prophets are supposed to do. Not make you come under them. Not make you be another, you know, I call it a, a seat sitter, a pew sitter. Not another, a, a, a religious automaton so that everybody says the same thing, does the same work, and everybody looks like, dresses like, speaks like, and we all got this grandiose vision that we've got to fulfill to reach our city and reach the world. Jesus is the one that reaches the world. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Do you understand that as we enter this glory realm and that it says arise, that's a lifting, isn't it? And shine for your light is come, the king of glory. For the glory of the Lord is going to be seen, risen upon you. Do you understand what that means, beloved? It means that as, as Jesus is lifted up within us, as he's seen with us, he will do what? Draw all men unto him. Praise God. It's a new, deeper evangelism that's going to bring in a worldwide harvest because what they're going to see is not church, not religion, not ministry, not that which is built by man's hands in the name of the Lord. It's not going to be Babylonian church system. It's going to be a living, breathing, functioning, glory temple of God filled with the temple. Ye are the temple of the living God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we are going to be filled with that glory of God so that it can be seen. What risen? Why does it have to be risen? So it can be seen. And it said nations are going to come to your rising brightness. That is a worldwide evangelism of a, of a mature body of Christ coming into existence as a wheel within a wheel, you know, as an end time army. Would Jesus Christ, the Lord of hosts, the King of going be the head? It's a body, a full-grown body coming connected with a full-grown head, Jesus. And the Lord had to wait to this third day to be able to connect himself to a full-grown body. He waited for 2,000 years for this body to come to a place of maturity where he could connect to so that he can be seen. Second Second Thessalonians 1.10 says, in that day, Jesus will come to be seen. That's what's happening, the full-grown headship. And Jesus, the fullness of the head, of the headship, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost is coming through Jesus to be connected to a full-grown body. Amen? So that the gospel of the kingdom can be preached as a witness. What's the witness? The witness of God's glory. The witness of that glory being expressed with words of consequences, words of judgment, signs, wonders, and miracles beyond anything we've ever seen. The miracles that Moses, Elijah worked, Jesus worked are going to be seen functioning in this full-grown body of Christ, not by them trying to do it. It's going to come out of them as living water, out of this belly shall flow living waters. You're not going to have to do miracles. The Lord is going to do the miracles in you and through you, and you'll know exactly where to go, exactly what to do, because you are led by the Spirit of God, filled with the glory of God. You're receiving the divine instructions continually out of that abiding relationship with the Lord in a brand new way where God is teaching you and guiding you in the way that you should go, teaching you, instructing you in the way that you should go and guiding you with your own eyes. So that as you are filled with his glory, you're going to get divine instructions, divine, like I said, a new hardware, new software. And so instead of trying to go over to that one in the wheelchair and hoping they get out of that wheelchair, when God sends you and you'll know it's ascending because it will burn within you to that one in the wheelchair, they will be healed. And if he sends you to the dead, they will raise. And if he needs creative miracles for eyeballs to grow and sockets and legs to grow out, or if he needs if need you to walk on water, or if he needs you to release a judgment or if he needs you to release a word of consequences, it will happen by Jesus speaking and moving in you because he has a body that's completely under his authority and control that he can use. 
that he can work through so that he will be seen, that the Father will be seen, the glory of God will be seen, and not you. When the church tries to do those things in its own power and strength or a mixture of spirit, then they're seen and the Lord is not. And, and ministers and people have been addicted to being seen, addicted to being needed, addicted to have a ministry, and di- addicted. They would die if God ever told them to leave their church or leave their ministry behind and, 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 and to let it all burn up. So many had that. That's the call of 2020 when God wanted everything, when he brought the whole world to a standstill, when the church came to a standstill, that was our time to allow God to test and prove what we were doing. If it was of him, it would last. If it wasn't, it would burn up. If he wanted you to let it go, maybe it was wonderful and he wanted us to walk in the new. But so many ministers were so eager to get back to business as usual because their identity was tied up in what they do and that that you can never have your identity connected with what you do for the Lord. My identity is not in this work of God. My identity is in Christ, Christ in me, the hope of glory. My identity is that he made me and formed me and thought about me before I was in my mother's womb. My identity was already established when he thought about me. My identity was established when he formed me in my mom's womb. My identity was confirmed and reaffirmed when I got saved. My identity will never be what I do for God. My identity is I'm his son. My identity is he loved me. My identity is he adopted me into his family. And I don't have to prove another thing for that identity because it is a gift from God. It is a supernatural transformation of his righteousness becoming righteousness. The works that I do now, the works that God has given me to do have nothing to do with my identity. They have been foreordained, preordained and destined for me. The steps of a righteous man are ordered to the Lord. So every work that God has me to do is his work. It's his thoughts. It's his plans. It's his glory. It's his power. It's his leading. It's his direction not mine. And so therefore, it is an honor and a blessing to serve the Lord in that way. But it does not satisfy me. It doesn't complete me. The work doesn't complete me. Jesus completes me. Jesus sustains me. Jesus is my husband. Jesus is the one that fills me. Jesus is the one that satisfies me. Him and him alone. I've said this to the Lord. Lord, I said, if, 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 if doing this ever takes me away from you, then Lord, I would rather go back to being a restaurant manager and loving you with all my heart than, uh, than making the work the priority of my life. In the kingdom age, it's not about work. It's about being. It's, about, it's not about doing. It's about becoming. And that is what God is trying to work within his remnant people. And those of you that are getting this light of the revelation of the kingdom of God, God is now bringing us together to function with him and one another as a full-grown body of believers like Joel's army that will not thrust against each other, who will not break ranks. Of course you won't break ranks. Of course you won't thrust one another because in the kingdom, you esteem others better than yourself. In the kingdom, the, the Sermon on the Mount becomes real within you. The life that Jesus describes in the Sermon on the Mount becomes a living, breathing expression of your life. Amen. So what I do, honestly, is irrelevant. 
it's irrelevant because I'm not trying to do something. What I'm trying to do, it, it what, what I desire to do, it's just be his. I just want to be his. And in being his, he is now able to work his will and to do his good pleasure in me where I won't take the glory. I won't look for the glory. Why would I? Why would you? Why would we want to take the glory? We wouldn't because we're in love with the one who's telling us to do it. We're married to the one who's asking us to do it with him. We're not even doing it for him. He's not doing it for us. We're not doing it for him. We're doing it with him. The kingdom age is about with the Lord and I together. The church age is me and the Lord. Okay, the Lord and me. And that's how our relationship is in the church age. In the kingdom age, we this is because we're engaged to the Lord. But in the, in, the, in the church age, we're engaged. But in the kingdom age, we're married to the Lord. So now everything that we are, everything that we do is with the Lord. He does it with us. He doesn't do it for us. And we don't do it for him. We do it together. That's the beauty of the kingdom of God. It's together. It's being one. That's the glory. That's what I've been sharing with you. Jesus said, Father, the glory that you have given me. Let's read it together. So I just, I'm going to read it from John 17. So many believers need to hear this message, don't you think? This is the message of the kingdom. So I hope maybe in the future, maybe you can do a watch party just for those that you know. Maybe you can share this video, not for my sake. Okay, but for their sake, so that they can hear the message of the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. John chapter 17. Listen, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible here. He says this. Neither for these sake. Let me make sure I get it right. All right, let me get it right. I'm in John chapter 17, verse 18. Just as you sent me into the world, I also send them into the world. And for, my, and for their sake, I sanctify, dedicate, and concentrate myself that they may also be sanctified in the truth. Neither for these alone do I pray. It is not for their sake only that I make this request, but also for those who will ever come to believe and trust in me and my word and teaching, that they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, that the world may believe that you, be convinced that you have sent me. I have given to them, listen carefully, the glory. I've given to them the glory and honor you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, you in me, in order that they may become one and perfectly united, and that the world may recognize that you have sent me and you have loved them even as you have loved me. That's the glory realm. He describes it right here. I have given them the glory that you have given me that they may be one. That's why I've been talking about the with. This end time visitation of God that I've been sharing with you about becoming Joel's army is rooted in oneness with God. It's rooted in with God. We're not trying to work for God. We're not trying to live for God. I, that's the church age. We try to live for God. We try to work with God. But we do it in a mixture of flesh and the spirit. 
when we become married to the Lord, and that's the season that we're in, we're into the, we have entered into the marriage supper of the lamb. That's Revelation chapter three, we, 20. We've opened the door and we've let him in. And now in a marriage, we're learning each other in a brand new way. We're seeing the Lord as truly as our husband, but we're not seeing him as our husband, just the lamb. We're seeing him in his kingly authority, power, and glory. We're seeing him with eyes of fire, hair as white as snow, a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth, his hand holding the seven churches of the whole church in his hand. We're seeing a white robe and a gold sash around his belt and his feet burning like a hot oven. This is the Omega God. This is the finishing God. This is who we're married to. We're married to the finishing God. And in the reality of him being the king of glory, we must see him that way. We must experience him that way. Why? Because we're becoming one with him. He wants to work within you in kingdom power, authority, and dominion. And in that marriage, that's what he's come to impart to us right now. That's what he's come to do in us, to transform us, to burn everything out of us that's not of his kingdom. Every wound, every scar that's left, every mindset, he's right now in this hour burning all of that out of us. Why? So that we can be one. He's changing our filthy garments like he did in Zechariah chapter 3 when Joshua the high priest was standing before the Lord. Lord, he couldn't stay in that place in the presence of God amongst all the elders and all of those living creatures. He had to have a change of clothing, had to have a change of positioning so that he could stand there amongst those that the Lord was showing him in that glory realm. I've shared that in the past before. That's a real important scriptures in Zechariah chapter 3 and 4. But right now, beloved, your clothes are being changed from church age clothing, from church age wineskins into kingdom royal robes. You are royalty because you are married to a king. Royalty is where authority comes from. We're royals, saints, holy ones of the Lord. And we don't see ourselves that way, but we are a royal priesthood and a holy nation. We've never seen ourselves that way. We've never understood what that means. We've tried to, to walk in authority. We've tried to take authority. We've even taught in the church age, you need to take authority. And I used to teach people that all the time. But then the Lord rebuked me. He says, why are you doing that? He said, you don't teach anybody to take authority. That's stealing. When you take something, you're stealing. You teach them how to walk in the authority that I give them. And so that's the key. Authority is given. Authority is given. And it's given by your allowing the Lord to have the right to the totality of your being. The deeper you allow that work of the spirit of God to change you, to come under his headship, to come under his order, to come under his plans and will, the greater authority God can trust you with. So much so that this arising glory is going to be able to trust you to impact the nations transform the nations because you're carrying a spiritual substance of heaven on earth. You're becoming the true ambassador, the true citizens of heaven on earth. And now your life is impacting to change this earth under the headship of Jesus with King Jesus going before us to transform the kingdoms of this earth into the kingdoms of our God in Christ. That's the beauty of what's happening right now. Now, you know, why I turned down that offer, why the Lord didn't even let me entertain it for a second. When they offered me a $60,000 a year position, you know, they would get me a house, they would get me a building and I would be on TBN and CBN. I could have went down that road, 
but God didn't let me go anywhere down that road, not near that road. He said, you take that, you lose me. Because God, God needs to be seen. God needs to be glorified in your life. And I pray that he's glorified in mine. And I pray that's what you see when you're watching this broadcast. Not for my sake, but for God's sake, that you begin to see and hear the glory of God. And that, that, that the, the Lord, you know, that the Lord said to establish the kingdom of God in men's hearts. He said, Henry, this is what I want you to do. It's simple. I want you to take those that are willing's hand, bring them up into my hand. And when they get a hold of my hand fully, let go and get out of the way. That's not a real good way to build a ministry, is it? But since I'm not building one, it, I don't have to worry about it. Because it's not about numbers of people. It's not trying to get more followers. It's not trying to get more hits on the website. It's about God connecting us together. It's about God bringing together those people that I'm that God has divinely put in, wants to bring into my life and me into their lives by his spirit and living together, breathing together, functioning together with God. Even if it's just for this broadcast, maybe it's at a divine convergence. Maybe that God is going to share with you that you become part of what we call Team Converge. And that's not even a ministry. It's just those that are willing to go where God sends them, gather together, seek his face there, and just listen for him, minister his heart, and do whatever he tells us to do. And we don't have to join anything. It's not an organization. It's just say, yeah, I want to be, I want to go. I want to be part of that team. You know, and if you don't want to be part of it, you stop being part of it. Oh, my God, you left our team. You must be something wrong with you. No, that's not even that's not even kingdom. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We are now coming into place of what I call functionality. The kingdom of God functions. Why does it function? Because it functions under the it functions in governmental order god's kingdom has a government it's the glory of god listen carefully that establishes the government of god in your heart the more you're filled with the glory the more of god's governmental order your life comes into the more that's why moses said lord if i have found favor in your sight show me what your glory and the lord says okay i'll let my glory pass you by and he does isn't that awesome? He says, you can't see my face, but I'll let you see my back. And he sees the tangible glory of God. Beloved, we're being filled with the tangible glory of God. It's the glory of God that's going to complete us and finish us. And we're going to be a reflection of that glory. Just as Jesus was a reflection of the Father's glory, we are going to be the reflection of Jesus's glory. And what is that glory? What does it look like? Can I read you another passage of scripture uh, this morning? Most people, when they think about glory, and when you hear it taught from the church age, it's about power, miracles, signs, and wonders. Those are works, the works of God. They come from his glory, but they're not his glory. You want to hear what the glory of God really is and what it sounds like? I'm going to turn to John chapter 5. Verse 19, out of the Amplified. So Jesus answered them by saying, I assure you, I most solemnly tell you, listen carefully because I'm giving you a definition of glory. Maybe you want to underline this in your Bible. The son is able to do nothing of itself of his own accord. 
Yeah. What does glory look like right here? How do you enter the glory? Look at what he says. Is able to do nothing of himself. Why do you think we've been so crushed, beloved? Why is God allowing these circumstances to come into our life where we're absolutely helpless? Maybe it's a family situation, a physical situation, a financial situation. And many of you have faced such crushing circumstances that most Christians don't even know about. And you ask yourself, what's wrong with me, God? I'm trying to serve you with all my heart. And we got these crushing circumstances that come. It's not that God is causing them, but he's using them. Why? To empty us of every ounce of human strength and effort so that we can enter the seventh day rest of God. The third day of the church age is the seventh day rest of God where we cease from our own efforts. That's not easy. I remember the Lord told me one time, said, it's Henry, it's easy for me to take a city. I want to take my city for God. He says, it is easy for me to take a city. All I need to do is rain down some fire and brimstone. I can take it just like that. He said, much harder for me to take a man. Because a man has to willingly surrender his heart to me. Because God won't force us. And as we allow the circumstances and life to empty us and bring us to a place where there's nobody but Jesus. Nobody can help us with Jesus. Nobody can change us but Jesus. You come to that place of absolute holy frustration and you totally give up. I mean, really give up. I'm not saying, okay, God, you do it. I give up. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an actual working of the Lord where you can see it's not by might nor by power, but by the spirit of God. In him, I live and move and have my being. When that reality becomes flesh within you, becomes your life experience within you, you are now ready and fitted, you know, to walk in the kingdom of God reality and the kingdom of God reality to walk in you. And, and, and when that happens, you're ready to be able to experience the glory realm of God, to come up into it and, to, and for the Lord to fill you with it. And so what does glory look like? Most people would not take you to this place, but this is where you find the glory of the Lord. I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, the son is able to do nothing of himself. But he's, listen carefully, he is able to do only what he sees the father doing. So notice what glory is. It's the ability to see what the father's doing. Revelation chapter four, verse one, John sees a door standing open in heaven and he, is a he hears a voice, the same voice, Jesus, I can watch him and saying, come up here so I can what? Show you the things that must come hereafter. This divine positioning we're walking in is to take us out of here up into this realm of that glory, that place of seeing. Glory is a place of seeing. Glory is a place of hearing. Glory is a place of knowing. Glory is a place of understanding the heartbeat of God, the mind of God, the wisdom of God. And it's given to us by the spirit of prophecy in the glory realm. If you read it, it says the spirit of prophecy in Revelation is the testimony of Jesus. What's the spirit of prophecy? The testimony of Jesus. And what is that testimony of Jesus? Here it is right here. The son is able to do nothing of himself, but he's able only to do what he sees the father doing. When we do that, as God, as the Lord works that same life within us, that we now only do what we, that we do nothing of ourselves. 
but only at what the Father sees us, we are now in the glory realm of God because we are seeing and hearing and we're functioning. The glory is a function. It's a movement. It's a transformation. Everything glory does, okay, changes everything because it's God. It's his glory. Everything it touches is changed. And so as God fills you with that glory, our testimony changes. The testimony of Jesus becomes our testimony. I'm able to do nothing of myself. Look at that in contrast to the church age where we're working so hard, beating our brains in. And so many ministers are burnt out. They're trying to build this, trying to build that, trying to build. Notice, that's how you can tell the difference between the church age and the kingdom, the age. The kingdom age is, is, is nothing we build. It's what we become. The kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God in Christ. We don't build it. God already built it. He rested on the seventh day. And, he, and, and Hebrews 4 says, strive diligently to enter that rest where you cease from your own efforts. So I build nothing. In the kingdom age, I build nothing, but I become something. I become a son of God. I become a daughter of God. You become a daughter of God. You become a king, a priest. And he has formed us, Revelation chapter 5, into a kingdom of kings and priests unto our God that can rule and reign with him. Are we building anything? Does the book of Revelation sound like we're building something? Or is the book of Revelation all about what we're becoming? Beloved, what we're becoming is more important than anything that you will ever do for God. The Lord told me directly, he said, Henry, what I'm making you is more important to me than anything you'll ever do for me. See, these things I got from God, not from others, okay? Others say it, but this is so incredibly important so that you can rest, not trying to fix yourself. Not, not, not letting the enemy bring all your failures up in your face and show you, oh, look at you, you're a hypocrite because you're not, you do this, you do this. No, knowing that he that has begun this good work in you right now, it's faithful to do what? Complete it in you. So where's my trust? Did I start this work in me? Did I save myself? Of course I didn't. So if I didn't save myself, I can't finish myself. I had to be dependent upon Jesus to save me, change me in the beginning. And now I got to hold that newborn confidence all the way to the end that the God that started this work in me is the God that's finishing it in me. So I can rest in his finishing work. And when I rest in his finishing work, it's no longer about me trying to be, trying to make myself something or do something. I rest in what he is making me, what he's forming me. And, and I realize that when I'm awake, when I'm sleeping 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I am being changed right now from glory to glory. And so are you. Why? Because you asked him to do it. And when you ask him for bread, is he going to give you a stone? Of course not. He's changing you right now. Things in your life that have plagued you for years are burning up right now. Scars and wounds are being removed right now by his glory because he's manifesting his presence within you. The kingdom of God is within you. And for this purpose was the son of God made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. You don't have to feel it. It's not an emotion. It's just faith in the power of God that's at work within you. The power of God that's at work within you to change you. And when you can say yes to it and you can believe it despite what you see, whether you fail, whether you succeed, it's irrelevant. You just know that the God who started this work in you is completing you. 
and you are a finished product today, even though you may not, the manifestation, it may not be done there. It's manifesting in you. The life of Jesus is manifesting in you more and more. And the more of his life manifesting in you, the more authority that's manifesting in you. And the more God can trust you and the more that he's going to send you. Because why? You're coming to a place. I'm not doing anything without God. I, I'm telling you, Don and I have been talking about this. We know. I mean, my, my kids may ask me to babysit. I know this sounds like crazy, but I got to make sure God wants me to do that. Why? What's wrong with babysitting the kids? Nothing. Except God may have something for me to do at that time that I'm not aware of. And so he may say, no, you can't babysit right now. And of course, do I want to offend my daughters or my sons? What I'm saying, oh boy, what a mean grandparent you are. I'd rather have them think of me as mean than God think of me as being disobedient. So pick your pick, pick what you want. Do you want to be liked by men or loved, loved by Lord? Obedience is better than sacrifice. If you love me, you'll obey me. So maybe taking care of my grandkids, the grandkids, that looks like a good thing to do. It would be serving them, helping them, could actually take me out of the will of God and serving the Lord. Because maybe at that time I'm supposed to be in Starbucks. There's somebody there I need to minister to. And I allowed a human need, my daughter's need, my son's need to supersede God's needs. In the kingdom of God, it's about God's needs, not man's. In the church age, we put man's needs above God's needs. And this great sin in the church, I've said this over and over, is this. Is that we put the second commandment above the first commandment. We're trying to love, we're trying to love our neighbors as ourselves. We're trying to serve men before we serve love. That's why Revelation chapter 2 starts with the first thing in Ephesus, you have deserted me. You've abandoned the love that you had for me at first. I know your works. They're more numerous than they were at the beginning. I know that you tried those who say they are apostles and they're not, but I have this one charge against you. You've deserted me. You have abandoned me. The love that you had for me first. How did they abandon them? Because work and the needs of men became more important than the needs of God. We weren't made for the needs of men. We were made for the needs of God. And God uses us to meet the needs of men as he sees fit. So if I say, okay, I'm going to take care of my grandkids today, I may have missed the divine assignment and appointment. And because of my disobedience of not asking the Lord, I decrease spiritually for that moment instead of increase. Instead of growing more, I stay the same or I lose ground because of the wrong choices. So that's why glory brings God's choices into highlight. It brings it into focus. It brings it as the priority of your life. And listen to Jesus. He says, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, the son is able to do nothing of himself of his own accord. That's glory. Is this making sense to you today, everyone? I hope so. I think this is a really powerful impartation from the Lord that I'm receiving in a deeper way. And I hope you are too. Though I've shared some of these things before from the Lord, it's deeper and deeper and deeper. Think about this. The son is able to do nothing of himself, but he's, able, he's only able to do what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does is what the son does in the same way, in the same manner. Let's say that again. So, what, so whatever the father does is what the son does in the same manner exactly the same way. So Jesus is saying, this is, remember in John 17, father, he says, I have shown them your glory. 
I have given them your words. I've told them everything that you told me to say. That's the beginning of John 17. I have obeyed you. I have done it. I've showed them your glory. Now, Father, give these disciples the glory that you've given me that they can be one as you and I are one. And what does oneness do? It brings togetherness so that we dare not move like the Lord. So this is what Mary to the Lord, this is the marriage supper of the Lord is now me and the Lord are one. So that as his, as we receive the father's directions together, as we receive the father's heart together, we move, me and Jesus, we move together. You and Jesus, we move like this. And now what does the Lord does? Well, now I found Henry. Now I'm gonna add Donna. And now I'm gonna add Lynn. And I'm gonna add Loretta. And I'm gonna add Nicole. And I'm gonna add Patricia. So now this is this big. And now I'm gonna teach them from the glory how they're gonna to move together with the living creatures. Because as I move the living creatures in heaven, a wheel within a wheel are gonna move with me. As the wheels go up, huh? no, as the living creatures go up, the wheels go up. As the living creatures go down, the wheels go down. As they go side to side, because the even the living creatures are under that throne of God's firmament. And he's leading the armies in heaven and the armies on earth that are connected like this together in oneness. That's the glory. The arising sons of God, the Joel's army are filled with the, uh, the glory of the Lord filling them to be seen risen upon them. That's what this particular broadcast is about. And we're going to unfold it day by day as God allows us for as long as God allows us to do it. But let me just take a couple more minutes with you, okay, to share this. He says he is able to do only what he sees the father doing. But whatever he sees the father doing, it's what the son does in the same manner. And how does Jesus do it? Underline the next scripture, please, with me. The father dearly loves the son. And he shows him everything that he himself does. Does that sound like work to you? Can you see the difference between the church age and the kingdom age? Can you see the different function that you're about to function in? Why does Jesus, why is Jesus able to do what he's doing? Because the father loves him. And because the father loves him so perfectly, he shares his heart with his son and shows him everything he's doing. And can you imagine Jesus prayed for you and me, father, that glory that you've given me, I pray you give it to them. That as I am in you and you and me, that they and we shall be one. Why? So that we can function together in the love of God. Everything God is, is love. The father dearly loves the son. The son dearly loves the father. The son has only one desire to do the will and the purposes of the plan of the father who sent him. That's the very nature that he's placed within you and me. That's the very work of the kingdom of God, the glory of God, Jesus Christ, the hope of glory, Christ in us. Is that our life comes under that direct same functionality. That Jesus lives within us to do what? Only to work with us together as one so that we too will see what the Father's doing. Come up here 
so I can show you what the Father's doing. I want to show you the things that have come. Why is that critical, beloved? So that the day of the Lord doesn't come upon us unawares. It doesn't come upon us a thief as a night, but we are prepared, we are positioned, and now we're beginning to be propelled this year with that glory, that oneness glory of God. And if you come to the convergences, and I hope you do, there's going to be an explosion of that reality in these convergences. It started in San Francisco. It's going to be greater in, 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 in Schenectady. And the next one's already planned. I'll tell you about it later. These, uh, these become spiritual hotspots for the Lord to bring what I'm sharing with you into a deeper corporate expression where we become knitted and fitted with the Lord as a functioning army of the Lord, a functioning full-grown multi-membered body of the Lord, that all are, are filled with this glory. And what is that glory? I am able to do nothing of myself. You know, I, 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 you know I, I, have, I have some teeth work that I need to be done. And I had to pray and I had to drive all the way out to Tucson and I wasn't even able to get to the, the work done there. But what I was able to get there was instructions of a plan to be able to do it in, a, in, a, in maybe a less expensive way, but a way that will work. And it can be done here. Now, why did I have to go to Tucson? Because I knew the Lord said the, the hands that started the work are the hands that are going to finish it. My dentist in Tucson started the work and God gave him the wisdom to show me how to finish the work. And so now I'm here and I can get it implemented here. You see, the father dearly and tenderly loves the son. Isn't that beautiful? And he himself, and, and he will disclose to him. Look at this, verse 20. The father dearly loves the son. It discloses or shows him everything that he himself does. The glory realm is a place of seeing. It's a place of hearing. It's a place of understanding what the father sees. That's my prayer every day. Father, let me see what you see. Let me see life the way you see it. Let me see others the way you see it. Let me hear what you hear. Let me understand what you understand. That burns within me. Why? Because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This is kingdom living. This is kingdom life, beloved. This is the practical expression of it that they never share with you, hardly ever. Because we're so worried about what we're building instead of what God is making us. That's the difference between the church age and the kingdom age. I hope you can come to the convergences. Not just so we have more people there, so that we can experience and be changed and filled together in the glory of God. Because the more that come together to, to worship him and that pure holy love, the more glory that we all receive together. Instructions, blueprints, and plans so that we know what the Lord wants us to do. That this day doesn't overtake us like a thief in a night. And all you have to do is turn on the TV set to see what the world condition is. But that doesn't scare me a bit. Why? Because we're being prepared, positioned, and propelled with glory. We're overcomers, not overcome. I need to wrap up here. Just a little bit more here. We'll just wrap up. So it says, the father dearly loves the son and discloses to himself everything he, he himself does. This is glory. And he will disclose to him. Look at this. And let him see greater things, greater things. 
Release greater works. Greater works shall you do. Greater things. What works? More of us doing it. Jesus being seen in more of us as a full-grown son. His kingdom, his power, his life being seen in a multi-membered body of Christ functioning on the earth. It says, greater things than these so that you may marvel and be full and wonder and astonishment. Now I'm going to close tonight, close today with the heart of glory. And again, this is, I want us to go over to verse 21. This is what it means to be prepared and positioned. This is the heart work that the Lord has to do within us. The emptying of all our human efforts, strength, ability, so that there's no mixture of flesh and, flesh and spirit. Amen. Welcome everyone that's joining. I didn't get a chance to welcome everybody, but I'm just, you know, welcome. There's some new people on today. Thank you for joining, by the way. This is the key, beloved. Verse 30. I want to read it out of the Amplified Version. If you are a business person, if you are a minister, if you work at your workplace, whatever you do, how is the glory of God going to be seen upon you and risen upon you? Psalm 32, 8 says, I, the Lord, listen, will teach you and instruct you. I, the Lord, will teach you and instruct you in the way that you should go. And I will guide you with my own eyes. Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love them that love me and those that seek me early and diligently, they shall find me. Verse 21. And to those that I love, I will cause them, I will cause them to obtain their inheritance and I will fill their treasuries with a spiritual substance of the kingdom of God. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. That is glory. Now listen to the, the, the foundation of what foundation that is needed for you to be filled with this glory. It says in verse 30, I am able to do nothing of myself independently. This is the rest of God. If you want to know what the Sabbath rest of God is, this is it. This is what positions you to be filled with the glory. What's the glory? Understanding what the Father sees, the Father sharing with you, disclosing to you everything that, that, he, that he has to you and with you of his kingdom as he did with his own son. Why? Because the father dearly, tenderly loves you just like he loves his son. And he wants to show you these things so that you're ready, you're prepared, and you are one with him. And you function as one with him and we function as one with another. And this is how it's done. I am able to do nothing for myself independently on my own accord. But listen, but only as I am taught by God, this is the Amplified, this is the actual rendering of the verse, but only as I'm taught by God and I get his orders. That's oneness. The father dearly loves the son and he shows him all these things and he's going to show him even more. That is what our life in Christ is. Christ in us, the hope of glory. This is the divine positioning God has been waiting for 2000 years to bring forth a full grown company of believers. The manifestation of the sons of God you know, the man-child company, the bride, overcomers, whatever you want to call it, to form us into a corporate expression of this reality right here. That our testimony of Jesus Christ will be, I can do nothing of my own on my own accord. That is what God is working so deeply within you, my beloved ones of the Lord. 
He's teaching us, I can only move as I am taught by God. What does that mean? A continual union with the Lord, a continual deep abiding in the Lord, a continual deep relationship with the Lord where I'm positioned to have the mind of Christ in reality so that I'm in a constant place of hearing. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, Isaiah 50 verse 4, that I might know how. Notice that I might know how. Why? Because the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learning. You know what that tongue and learning means? As someone who's been taught by the Lord. That's what, read Isaiah 50 out of the Amplified, verse four. It says, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. That means as one that's been taught by the Lord, that I might know how. See, that's teaching. I will teach you and instruct you in the way that you should go. And I'll guide you with my own eye. That I may know how to speak what a word. Okay, what am I speaking? What God has shown me. What God has revealed to me, a word, what? At the right time, at the right place, to the right people in season. And because it's the right word at the right place in the right seasons, it's in the right power, the authority and dominion to manifest the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And where are you speaking it? To them that are weary. How do you develop that? Morning by morning, he awakens my ear. If you read in the Amplified, it says, I, morning by morning, he awakens me to teach me as one that has been taught by the Lord. That requires me to be positioned to come and spend quality time in his presence and to develop and cultivate that relationship of, of, of alone time with God and knowing that as I leave that place of intimacy with the Lord, it doesn't leave me. So that as I'm done, I'm not done because now my ear is awakened to God. My eyes are awakened to God. So now God has an ear that he can talk to, eyes that can see. He has a heart that can understand his ways. And now as Jesus did and walked every moment of his life completely under the authority of his father, so now can Jesus live that life in us because we're surrendered to it. And we said, yes, Lord, I present my body as a living sacrifice to you, holy and blameless, which is my reasonable worship. And I'll, I'll finish here. I just want you to see it and I'll pick it up tomorrow. He says, but I can, I'm able to do nothing of my own accord, but only as I'm taught by God and I get his, his orders. And even as I hear, I judge. I decide as I'm bidden to decide. Look at how powerful this. As the voice comes to me, Jesus said, if any man hear my voice and opens the door, I'm going to come in and sup with him. That is a new place of a spiritual authority. That is a divine intervention where we are becoming one with the Lord as married to the Lord, where there's a continual speaking, a continual hearing, a continual guiding. And so in that guidance, hearing, seeing, we no longer make our own choices. We no longer do our own will because we're burning to do and live only for the will of the Father, because that's the one that lives inside of us and now is one with us. And that desire is now our desire because we surrendered to it. We want what he wants. We want to do what he wants us to do. We want to be what he wants us to be. And our life fades away and we become, his life becomes our life. And we become what we were created to be by God's hands. And so as the voice comes to me, I decide. Notice as the voice comes to me and, and my judgment is right. And why is my judgment right? Because it's glory. Because my judgment is not my judgment. 
the, it's not my understanding. It's not my will. I am receiving direct orders and instructions from the mouth of my father. A man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I'm now positioned to hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm now in a position where I can hear God and see God and understand God as a full grown son and daughter of God. So I'm not consulting my own will. I'm not consulting my own my own, my own aims. It's not about me. It's not about my life. I am my beloved and his desires are towards me. And because I'm living now only for his desires, he can speak to me in ways I've never heard him before. I, he can show me things I've never seen before. He can trust me with authority to do exactly and only what he wants me to do. Glory to God. Glory to God. He says, because I do not seek or consult my own will, have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself. I have no desire to do what's pleasing to myself, my own aim and my own purposes. I have no desire. That's what this intubation of God is. It's removing all the stain, all the sin, all the stuff, all the stuff that we've been carrying. It's removing every stronghold, every mindset. It's burning it up for this purpose was the son of God made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. And that's what he's doing in you so that he can fill you with this glory. Thank you, Lord. Moderators, watch what's going on on some of the chat lines. You might need to block some people. Thank you, Lord. He says, I have no desire to do what's pleasing to myself, my own aim, my own purpose, but only the will and the pleasure of the Father who sent me. Beloved, that is glory. That's the foundation, that glory. That's the container. That's the kingdom wineskin that the new wine and the glory God can fill. And God is giving us and causing us all that you've gone through, beloved, all that you've suffered all the heartaches, all the emptying of your human strength and your human ability is for such a time as this so that we can enter the true rest of God, which is absolute dependence upon the Lord. But not just that alone, so that we are now positioned to be filled with this glory, this oneness with the Lord. And so as God speaks, we move. As God shows, we move. And we do only and exactly what he tells us to do. That's why when he sends you to the dead one, they will raise. When he sends you to the crippled one, they will get out of that walker. When they send you to the blind, they will be healed. When he gives you a word of deliverance, they will be delivered. When he releases a word of judgment, it will come to pass. When he releases a word of consequence, it will happen. Because we're in a new place and a new realm of positioning and authority with God as sons of God. And so when, if the Lord were to stay for three days over the city of Philadelphia, there's going to be darkness, it will happen. Because why? You'll know you didn't speak it because that will be a direct thought coming from God the Father, showing you what he's going to do. And when you release it out of your mouth, it must happen as it did with Moses, as it did with Elijah, as it did with those, as it did with Jesus in the same manner. Hallelujah. That was a lot for today, wasn't it? Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you. I don't know about you, but I'm burning today. I hope you are too. I'm burning today. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray for us this morning. Lord, Moses prayed, 
if we have found favor in your sight, show us your glory. Lord, I pray such a release, such a strengthening, such an impartation, Lord, that this word would become flesh in a deeper way in us, that it would become our life's experience, that we would live only for your glory. Jesus, you said, the Father loves me and he shows me everything. And he's going to show me even more. Let that be our reality. Jesus, let that life that you live, that life with the Father be lived in us. As we are married to you, let your life be our life. And together, Lord, let us live only for the will of the Father, the purposes of the Father, the heart of the Father. Lord, I pray such a quickening, a strengthening, an acceleration of this spiritual work in our lives, this divine intervention, Lord, to quicken us, accelerate in us, so that our life would become the reflection of your life upon the earth individually. And I pray, Lord, that, that we would come together as a corporate body that would truly be a witness of your kingdom of God. You said the kingdom of God must be preached as a witness. Let us, Lord, work in us that, that this witness, these arising sons, this Joel army, let them, this wheel within a wheel, let it come into place now, Father. And Lord, work within us all that you need to work to make us part of that company, Lord, of kings and priests unto the Lord. And whatever you need to do, Lord, we give you permission to do it. We surrender to your working, Lord. We surrender to your operation in our life. And we believe you that you've come to manifest within us to destroy every work of the devil in us, Lord, so that we can be wholly yours, wholly made for your purposes and your plans and to do and live and be the Father's will on earth as you were, Jesus, that we would be the reflection that our testimony would be, Lord Jesus, we finish our course. We shared with them and gave them everything you gave us to give them. And Lord, I pray that in this end time, Lord, you're raising up an army a wheel within a wheel, a royal priest in a holy nation that are going to work with you on earth as it is in heaven to transform the kingdoms of this earth into the kingdoms of our God in Christ. I pray release, strengthening, impartation, and a deeper measure of your glory for all of us, for our families. Let our families, our loved ones, see your glory. Lord, even the hard ones that rejected you, may we be filled with such a glory that, Lord, they are instantaneously broke down and they surrender their lives to the Lord or come back to the Lord. We lay them at your feet today. Now to you who can do exceedingly above, Lord, all that we can think or ask, to you be all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Wow. God is so good. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you give God some praise right where you are? Hallelujah. God, we praise you. We bless you, God. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that there is no one like you, Father. No one, Lord. We bless you this morning, God. We give you all the glory and the honor and praise, God. There is nobody like you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you so much, God. We bless you today, Lord. We give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Amen. Andrew, Loretta, Patricia, Nicole, God bless you. I just want to say hi to you. Eva, God bless you. Who else is on today? Hallelujah. Loretta, God bless you. 
Amen. Thank you for watching. Amen. I don't know if anybody else on. If I missed you, please forgive me. Hallelujah. Patricia, I think I mentioned you. Amen. All right. Anyways, on your on, on the chat, that is the address to the upcoming Schenectady um, convergence. I gotta put it, I'm gonna put it on there. Nicole, God bless you too. Connectedy, <laughs> New York, Convergence. I'm going to put it on there. So bear with me to, so that you can get the dates, okay? 7th, 2022, Double Tree Hotel. There's the days and the events, okay? We have a brand new website that we just made. I'm going to give that to you. I encourage you, if you want to know more about what the Lord is doing with us and about the, the convergences and the present work of the Lord, please go to that website. That is a great a place. Uh, it's brand new. It's really current, and it really explains. There's a lot of things you might want to, um, you know, uh, uh, check out on there. And, uh, okay. Also... People ask me at the end of the broadcast, I get emails, listen, God really touched us and we would like to, to bless you, you know, um, financially. No one has to give anything. I just mentioned this because people have asked me and I do it every broadcast. Not, you don't have to give anything, okay? Everybody, if God touches you to give, then you obey him. And if you feel led, that's our PayPal account. And Don and I, my wife and I, we live as missionaries of the Lord. We're dependent upon the Lord to provide us. And we trust that God, and he's been so faithful to touch the people that he will, that, that can help us and bless us and help us get to, to the places we are. And so that's all we pray is for God. Lord, you know who you're touching and who you, you have to bring into our lives. And so for those of you that if you're watching first time and you want to, and God touches you to do it, that's how you do it. Amen. If you need any prayer, please, on our website, if you go on to the um, About Us, there's a prayer request form. But you can send me a direct prayer request because we are here for you. If we can serve you in any way, I'm going to put my personal email out there for you. So if there's any way we can serve you, pray for you, please, that's my website. Um, uh, praise God. You know, um, please feel free to uh, write to me. And uh, if we can serve you in any, any way, we are family. And I want to thank all of you who have been praying for us and blessing us, encouraging us, strengthening us, helping us go on our trips, helping us to live. May our God supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. I pray that God opens up the windows of heaven upon you and pours out that blessing that you don't have room enough to contain. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for every prayer you prayed for us, every word of encouragement, every way you've helped us with supplies, divine convergence, and helped Don and I to be able to live, to be able to do this work of God. We can never repay you, but our God will. So thank you. So if we can help you in any way, we're here for you. We love you and appreciate you. So we'll see you tomorrow, I hope. Same time, same station. Would you do me a favor? Would you just like on YouTube, like and subscribe and uh, hit the share button. The more that does, it changes the algorithms. And also, if you write a comment on it, it expands the algorithm. If you write a comment on the Facebook here, it also does that. So that's the way Facebook sees that they can expand your capacity, I guess. They really want you to buy ads. I won't do it because God won't let me do it. So that you can do to help us. 
We love you. God bless you. See you tomorrow. Same time, same station. Okay. Have a great day. Be blessed, beloved. Bye-bye.